Welcome back to Bird's Eye View. When it comes to the Orioles, this weekly podcast is your official source for a lack of insight and for baseless opinions. Today is July 29th, 2019, and this is episode 275. My name is Jake English. And I am Scott Magnus. And on this week's show, we'll revisit our favorite late night podcast segment. And we'll also take a look at what being bad, but not being the worst, might feel like. And we'll do all that right after we lubricate the show. That's right, it's time for the drink of the week. Scott Magnus, what is your drink of the week? Uh, I'm doing a Florida cracker from Cigar City Brewing, uh, a Belgian-style white ale brew with coriander and orange peel. You had me right up until uh, right up until Belgium. Right up until the Florida cracker part? Well, that I was, I was at least interested in. I myself am drinking a gin and tonic with Bombay dry gin. Usually I'm a sapphire guy, mm-hmm. but you know, doing the. That was lying around? And doing the dry gin. And you so. had to get rid of it. Yeah, there is that. There's not much left in that bottle. Does that mean you have to go to the store and buy a new bottle soon? We'll see. We'll see how the episode turns out. Okay. Uh, if you're interested in seeing what we are drinking on a weekly basis, come join us on Untapped. Get social with us. I'm at Jake E4025. I'm at MAGN8606. And with that, Let's head on over into the medical wing. All right, so I think the biggest one was John Means going on to the uh, the IL or the DL or whatever we're calling it now um, with a left rotator cuff inflammation. It sounds like he's going to be back for his next start. It sounds like this is just a precautionary measure. Um, nothing else really going on in terms of the medical wing. Mark Trumbo's still dead, um, so I don't think we'll ever hear from him again. Um, but yeah, the John Means injury I think is the biggest one here. You think this is more of a we're trying to give him some additional rest and play the roster roulette game or no, no, I, I honestly think that he wasn't as sharp after the all-star game. And I think there may be a little something. Was it because on. he participated in the home run derby? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I'm just want absolutely. To make sure. what, what he was throwing the ball for all of it, right? All of it. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Um, you know, Dylan Bundy going on to the IL and then John means going out to the IL afterwards. I, I do wonder to myself if there is a greater conspiracy here at play, but I mean, who cares for the Orioles? Like, if you have to sit somebody down for a few days, you just sit them down for a few days. It's not that big of a deal. Sure, but, you know, with the pitching being what it is, to rid yourself of John Means for what even What is the pitching starts? like? I, it, it's something? I don't know. We'll get into that, I guess. Let's go to 280 characters or less this week on the Twitters. Jake, kick us off. Yeah, baseball fans are the absolute worst. And this tweet comes to us from Connor Gersio, a former BSR Sister Wife podcaster. Uh, somebody on Facebook is already selling Adley Rutschman photo, uh, autographs for up to $175. This is why players stop signing for fans. Their agents and autograph companies tell them that their signature is worth money, so they only do it for sessions that start at $100. What is wrong with you? What is wrong? I I, I don't get it. I, I also saw that there were already folks on Twitter jumping on Rutschman for not signing for long enough at Aberdeen. Man, we, in our search for tchotchkes, we really get ugly. Yep, we certainly do. Uh, as much as that's ugly, I do really wish this would catch on. This comes from Michael Huntley at MikeHuntley63. Here's today's Bird's Eye View. Let's go O's at Bird's Eye View BL. And it's a photo of him at Angel Stadium? The big A? I don't know. It's in Anaheim. Is it? Los Angeles? Uh, the greater California area? There you go. That sounds good. The but, part that's going to fall off into the sea. Maybe. Yeah, please, fans, uh, baseball fans, wherever you may be, tweet your bird's eye view for the day. We we need to see it. Or even if you're like two rows deep and you got really good seats, rub it in our faces. We appreciate that. Our next tweet comes from Jake Story. Who tweets at Talking Jake? Isn't uh, that your Twitter handle? No, no. Okay, not even a little bit. Hey, at MLB, start telling people how incredible your product is instead of telling people that the games are too long. Minnesota, New York will be one of the best sporting events this year, and know what the best part is? Got to watch five hours of it. 
incredible. This happens to support my worldview, which is why I bring it up in the This Week on the Twitter segment. Yes, yes, yes. Casual baseball fans will only watch the condensed version. They will only watch the tweets. But for the rest of us, five hours of ridiculously cool, weird baseball is something to celebrate. Next tweet comes from Orioles Uncensored. At O's Uncensored, uh, people are treating Trey Mancini like he's Adam Jones. Let's pump the brakes, people. Are they? I hope not. Are they treating him like that? Look, I like me some Trey Mancini, but... Are they throwing racial epitaphs at, uh, <laughs> at Trey Mancini and flicking him off? Are and there s- beers being thrown? There's beers being thrown at him? I don't think so. No, I, I understand this of people wanting to, in essence, preserve the face of the franchise and Trey Mancini. Um, what about the heel of the franchise? Who is that? We'll get there. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone is like going to go overboard in terms of if Trey Mancini is traded. Um, I, I think ultimately people are going to be like, really got rid of our one good player? But I think it'll be kind of a running joke uh, for a little bit, and then they'll quickly move on. I think Adam Jones tugs on the heartstrings a little bit a little bit firmer than... Yeah, Trey, Trey Mancini leaves, you're like, oh, that's a bummer. It's like wow. Steve Pierce leaving. Hey, easy. Uh, Scotty, can we break the rules? Don't we always? This is this week on the Twitters, but I want to go outside of Twitter. I want to respond to an email. This is an email that was sent to us. What the heck is email? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, This is a a story that comes to us from uh, Matthew McVeigh, who sent us a very nice message and said, hey, have you guys seen this? I hadn't, but I have now. And Matt, listen, I appreciate you listening to the show, but just because I can't respond to your email within like two hours, some of us do work, unlike Jake. So... (laughs) My bad. But I'm glad that Jake, you know, had time to write a 600-word soliloquy to you. Really, really glad of that. that. Play the audio. Yeah, boy, I tell you what. I mean, you you look at this, and and these two teams battled for 16 innings, and it ends up with a position player getting the save. And and look, there's a reason why it's the first time ever a position player got a save in a game. It's because it's completely inappropriate. I mean, you put together your roster to go out there and try to win a baseball game. You've got fans sitting in the stands for 16 innings hoping to see the end result of the game. you got players on your team battling for 15 innings to get to the 16th, and then you put a position player out there who's completely ill-equipped to get saved. Now, it doesn't, the end doesn't justify the means for me. Yes, he did get the, the, the end does justify the means. All right. Um, I'm going to say this. Yes. I used to listen to a lot of whatever MLB's uh, Sirius XM stations uh, – uh, morning show is called first first pitch the lead off lead off spot lead off spot uh with steve phillips i like steve phillips he seems fine um but the the most uh the nicest thing i can say about steve phillips is that he seems to have made the transition uh well of a guy who had been paid to make decisions into a guy who's paid to make responses and reactions i feel like this is a ginned up response just to have something to say. I think he's wrong. Yep. I think that a position player pitching, whereas, you know, you hate to see it from a competitive standpoint, if it's your own team, is one of those delightfully weird baseball things. And it was the 16th inning. And by the way, it worked. Mm-hmm. So he can take his his inappropriateness and his righteous indignation, and he can shove it right in his own first pitch or leadoff spot or whatever it is. Whatever his show used to be called. Right. Okay. Well, Jake, uh, West Coast baseball has been fun um, over the past week. Has it indeed? It has indeed been fun. Um, We've had a journey, uh, and we're going to see further journeys of West Coast baseball being played in San Diego this week. Which, keep it classy. I think it's going to be fun. Um, So, Jake, why don't we go ahead and go along with our tradition and get a little sensual in here. folks uh the orioles are in the midst of their west coast swing uh which means two things first jake will stay up way too late watching a baseball game gotta stop here okay 
longtime listeners will know, and first-time listeners, why are you here? Um, longtime listeners will know I love the West Coast games. I love the West Coast games because it's me time with my baseball team, right? All my family ob- uh, obligations are in bed. I've gotten through dinner time. I've gotten through uh, cleaning up the house. I've gotten through bedtime. I've gotten through, you know, hanging out, playing games, reading books, whatever. Everybody else is asleep. Game starts in the 10 o'clock hour. And it is me, my insomnia, and my love for Orioles baseball. And sometimes shit. And sometimes. You know what, actually? Let's just, I'm, we're, we're going to. We're going to go ahead. And, we're going to reenact this. Yeah. Oh, look at that gin. We're just going to go ahead and get started here for this conversation. So I love that is me. now an empty bottle of gin that you just poured into that entire glass. I love me some gin West Coast baseball <laughs> games. And the nice thing about the West Coast games is that you see something you don't often get to see. First of all, you get to see players like like Mike Trout, right? Yeah. The best players in the game. Um the West Coast teams, say what you will, I, I feel they do not get the credit they deserve. But I get to see these fun games. And on Thursday, I was treated with the best game. The best. Now, remember, in 2012, I stayed up and watched that 18-inning 18, 18 game on a weeknight against the Mariners. Yeah. Because I'm an idiot. Because you're an idiot. And I remember Adam Jones calling into the radio station that morning basically to do an interview because he's like yeah we're still up so might as well give you a call you know it was at that point where after a while it was a sunk cost i was already up i was gonna see this through for as long as it took and and this is to be fair your wife still says the same thing about you in your (laughs) marriage but (laughs) (laughs) she's in she's in it for the insurance money um I was actually really impressed. There was a small but vocal group on Orioles Twitter, and those people made that game fun. Uh, but the game was, it had it all. I mean, it ended 10-8. There were long stretches of, of no offense. There were dongs after dark. There were great pitching performances. There were terrible pitching performances. And then you saw weird baseball at the end. It was exactly the thing that you should be rewarded with after 16 innings of baseball that started at 10 o'clock. Yeah, let's be honest, though. Um, It was an interesting game of uh, the Orioles going and taking the lead and then blowing it multiple times. As as they want to do. Yeah. So I also give you um, a tip of the cap, as it were, to say, no, I want to see this through. And even though the Orioles continue to blow it, as it were, I have faith in my team that I'm going to go to bed happy this evening and i want to see this through even though it absolutely means nothing nothing at all it was, i think that's the biggest difference between now and 2012 i can understand staying up in 2012 because it was a special time and a special memory and you're like oh my gosh every single game matters this game meant nothing jake absolutely nothing it could you have. could have pressed the record button and come back to it at another time you have dvr for a reason i actually came back and i record every single game i'm a dvr and i came back and i basically just pressed the 30 second button basically to see the pitches every single time pitch 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 and i was able to finish this game in like 30 minutes and i'm like huh i got to go to sleep well, Jake miserably stayed up until five o'clock in the morning. Henry watched the whole thing the next day. Because that's what your son does. I'm an idiot. Yeah. But it was fun. It was fun. It wasn't a meaningless game, and this is why. Okay. It, it could. Convince me otherwise. It could have been a meaningless game. Yep. Instead, I witnessed one of the highlights mm-hmm. of a lost season. And what was that? The fact that they won one game. Congratulations. And a position player did a weird thing. Congratulations. We will remember that game forever and ever for years and years to come. I mean, we still talk about the Chris Davis thing. We talk about the Chris Davis thing because, A, it was during the 2012 season, and, B, because Chris Davis is such an embarrassment for anything else that we try to remember good things that actually happened to him. All right. So you disagree that my staying up was not the worst idea. I think it literally was a disaster uh, for you and your family the next day. I mean, I may have been a disaster the next yes. day, but that's because I'm an old man. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. Yeah. West Coast baseball also means something else. Yeah. Uh, it means the return of dongs after dark. Now, 
again, for those of you that are new to the show, go back, stop right now, and listen to the uh, episodes 170 and 235. Dongs After Dark are what we call home runs during the West Coast night games. However, we also think that Dongs After Dark would make for the best baseball theme adult film title. So, what we do is we come up with the best synopses of a film that might be called Dongs After Dark, and we share them with you. So, Bird's Eye View listeners, without further ado, in these dark times, in these times when you just need to get by, when you just need to get a little cheap entertainment, Scott and I bring you Dongs After Dark. Do we have a do we have an appropriate music for this? Uh I think I can I think I can manage something here. Let me let me put this A track in one second. And here we go. Nice. I'm not sure the bass is quite where I want it to be, but we'll make do with it. It's got enough wawa. Alright, Jake. How about I uh, take it over? Let me um Massage my throat a little bit. He's just losing his necktie, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. All right. Let's 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 get, let's get started here. A veteran who knows how to bend down and take one for the team is threatened by a young prospect who is wooing all the ladies. Fed up with the future, he embarks in a little ultraviolence while gently warbling many things in his mouth check out pedro severino sever the competition in a clockwork orgy (laughs) all right i see what you did there all righty here we go in 2019 john means more than business he also means pleasure After a first half in which he blows us away, Means gets the worst case of blue balls since Cito began sucking. Can he lead his staff to victory? Or did he peak prematurely? Find out in this Masson film of the week, Dawn's After Dark. A man without a home. A man without a position. But a man that has been known to get a little handsy, especially against the lefties. Every man has an opportunity once in his life, and today is that day in Birdland. Hanser Alberto stars in Dongs After Dark, any given come day. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's see if we can class this up a little bit. Given the choice between pitching and catching, Stevie Wilkerson always prefers pitching. Coming in at the end, when the other boys are spent, he has the courage to lay it all down on the line for the first time since 69. Stevie uses his noodle arm to get the job done in Dawn's After Dark. He wanders aimlessly through the outfield, searching for his spot. And yet, you do not know him. You call out his name, but he keeps walking. He is a man that has no name, because we do not dare know what it truly is. Anthony Santander stars in A Few Dollars More. In Dongs After Dark. On the seedy streets of Baltimore, the ladies all know one thing about the Orioles' new star. Asher Wojcikowski is a mouthful. Proving he can go deeper and longer than your average opener, Wojcikowski proves that he can avoid gangrene to the genitals and become a stud in Dawns After Dark. 
Honestly, I think four or five of those actually may be real porn names and real porn titles. This may be the first time I've actually shot gin up my nose while <laughs> laughing during a segment. All right, so, that's, uh, you know, we've accomplished good things. We've covered a lot of ground. Um, Birdland, we need you. We need you. This is, look, this is year, what, seven of Bird's Eye View? We've been doing this yeah. a long time. We are out of ideas. Yeah. We need you to give us your best synopses in 280 characters or fewer. All right, tweet at us at Bird's Eye View, B-A-L, hashtag Dongs After Dark. Give us your best PG to PG-13 uh, synopses of a film that might be called Dongs After Dark. Or, you know, if you want to give it to us NC-17 style, you know, I'm okay with that too. You email that. Scotty won't yeah, see it. email that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, maybe we should get a little serious and actually break down um, the Orioles and how maybe they weren't the worst this past week in Birdland. Scotty, the Baltimore Orioles. They are not a good baseball team. What? Yep. In fact, it's easy to watch some of these games and declare... These guys are the worst. But are they? And I don't mean in an objective, have they or have they not lost more games than anybody else kind of way. Because that would be numbers they, and statistics. And they're obviously not the worst because... But they haven't. Exactly. They're not? They're not as bad as the Tigers, The Tigers. Right? Tigers. Tigers suck yeah. worse than them? Okay, great. So they're not the worst. But are they the worst? And so I'd like to look at things, you know, in a little bit of a deeper way. Let's look at it this way. The Orioles have won three straight game. Honest question. Didn't look this up. They lost on Sunday. Okay. When I wrote this, they had lost. Uh, they had won three straight games. Yes. So they had they had a, a serious winning streak there of they three had, games they, in a row. They had a th- you know t- two in a row, three games called a winning streak. Yeah. Uh, has that happened this season? I can't recall. Yeah, I didn't look it up, but I couldn't remember one. Yeah. And and if we're having this conversation, probably not. Not a good sign. But yeah. again, before Sunday, they had won three straight. They had won seven of their last ten. And that is, by definition, and I've looked this up, not horrific. That's no, pretty decent. So is this um, blind uh, blind squirrel finds a nut? Is it no team is as bad as they look during their worst? Is it this roster is god-awful, but... Sometimes the sum, uh, the, you know, their parts are better than the sum of their holder, however that expression goes. What do you account for this little stretch of not horrific baseball? Baseball's weird. The Orioles are doing a decent job hitting right now. Um, Trey Mancini, Renato Nunez um, have been having a good second half of the season so far. Um, the Orioles pitching is still abhorrent. Um, the Orioles bullpen is absolutely a dumpster fire. But it all seems to be kind of adding up to allowing them to be somewhat competitive against some somewhat mediocre teams. All right. You just said a lot of words there. Yeah. Uh, it was all right. I, I'm going to take you at your word because you're smarter than me. But let me break that down. Sure. Let's talk about the hitting. You say the hitting you know, has been interesting. I agree with you. The hitting has been there at least for the last two weeks or so. Yeah. But I cheated. <gasps> I looked some things up. Scotty, I looked at the last week, I looked at the last two weeks, I looked at the last month. And no, not just because those are the options afforded sure. to me by fan graphs, but also because of that. They also have a specific date range now that you can select if you are so inclined. Ooh. If you're so inclined. I'm not. Um, in the last 30 days, the Baltimore Orioles have seven regulars who have batted at least 100 weighted runs create a plus. That's uh, the average. Big yeah. average. Okay, with just two, just two missing the cut at 98 and 99, those being Pedro Severino and Trey Mancini. And hmm. if you look at those two over the entirety yep. of the season, both of those guys are well over yeah. 100 weighted runs created plus. Uh, interesting to me around the trade deadline yep. that we have people that can help you offensively. 
don't that, think they're actually playing better because they're around the trade deadline, do you? No, I just think it's now is a good time to have, oh, have okay, that okay. happen. It's fortuitous. It's fortuitous. Okay, I just want to make sure that we were clarifying that you don't think they were actually playing better because you're just like, hey, get me <laughs> out of here. This is the time for me to get off this team. <laughs> no, not Penny's boat. Um, th- seriously, though, the hitting is okay. Yeah, it's been okay as of recently. Um, do, do you think that any of these cats have a future in Major League Baseball? And what I mean by that is, you know, Renato Nunez, Hanser Alberto, uh, Pedro Severino, are these guys that can go to another team and contribute, or is it just this magic of being on an awful team and getting the chance to actually contribute on a regular basis it will lead to, you know, some numbers? Uh, magic, magic, Orioles magic. Feel it happen. I, I, I only see Trey Mancini as a justifiable, uh, decent position player at this time on the Orioles. Okay. I am not, I'm not going to argue with you there because, because I'm right. Because you're right. Yeah. yeah. All right, so the hitting has been there. Dear Lord, hope that it it lasts. Um, Let's talk about the pitching. There have been some surprises, and I'm going to say something nice right now. Okay. About Miguel Castro. Has nothing to do with the gin. I'm going to say something nice about Miguel Castro. Um, ERA is stupid. Yes. But what if I told you that Miguel Castro in the last twenty in the last two months, mm-hmm. which accounts for twenty five and a third innings pitched, has a sub three fifty ERA, a three point two ERA. In fact, I'd say he's coming in a lot of times in mop up duty. Yeah, yeah, that was as uh, that was as nice as I could come up with. Okay, that was start. it. That and Gabriel Inoa had a good day. That when one time. is the last time Miguel Castro actually come into a game? Pitchers like, oh, Miguel Castro is coming in at just the right time. Uh, mop up duty. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, he was a guy that I really had high hopes for, and uh, he has dashed them all. He has absolutely dashed them all. He's irrecoverable. He, he is worthless and will always be. My hopes for him are in the past tense. I wouldn't say he's worthless, but I would say that, um, he serves a function of just eating innings at this time. He is not as good a reliever as Stevie Wilkerson. He is a better reliever than Tanner Scott. <laughs> Neither one of those things were rather incredible, that which we just no. said. All right. Um, this it, is it, a segment about us not being the worst, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and the crazy thing is... I've yet to be convinced here. Despite all that, it's kind of working for a week. Is it? Like, okay, but for a week. For a week. This is all we got, Scotty. They're not the worst. They're just really bad. Yeah. Let's talk about something that's objectively good. Mm-hmm. Asher Wojcikowski yeah. has been fun to watch at least twice. Yeah, I would say that he's been fun to watch uh, more so than you getting really excited about Tom Eshelman for some unknown reason, which I still don't quite understand why he got so bent out of shape about Tom Eshelman having grit and coming back and pitching for five innings. I did not, in fact, said very terrible things about him, and then he, then he had one good rest of the game. If I recall, there was a bevy given to Tom Eshelman. I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> um, Asher Wojcikowski was the type of deal where was that your Robert Mueller impression, <laughs> Scott? I take your question. Okay, I take your question. I take it. Um, Asher Wojcikowski. Was was liked by folks that said, you know what? Throw throw out the stats. Um, his peripherals look good. His approach looks good. He might be better than awful. Now I'm not sure that anybody was saying this is going to be a guy that's the next Greg Maddox. But Asher Wojcikowski, is it crazy to be hopeful that they can steal a fifth starter from this guy uh, for a couple of years? Uh, yes. Look, I'm trying here. He's had two good starts. He has. Isn't this the time that I jump to conclusions? I've got a whole mat for it. Brad Bergenson says you can jump to conclusions. <laughs> okay. At which point, though, can I jump to the Miguel Gonzalez uh, uh, conclusion? After eight to ten starts. What if I want to do it now? No. So what I'm you hearing... You keep your me time. 
and keep watching the baseball. My, I'll let you my late night alone time. Yes, and I will. Uh, I will let you know when you can, in, in essence, celebrate as it were during your me time. <laughs> it's usually at the end. So what you're telling no, me? Normally, it's not at the end for Orioles games. You normally do not celebrate at the end with a happy ending during the Orioles games. I'm more of an opener. What can I tell That's you? Right. <laughs> so what you're That's telling? It's going to cost you extra. <laughs> What you're telling me, no, Maddie, you can't listen to this episode. What you're telling me is that the Orioles are not numerically the worst in Major League Baseball, but they're also not good. For a given time period, they are not the worst in baseball. Um, their run differential is not the worst in baseball. They are playing average baseball at this time against some competition that is having some really bad baseball, um, such as the Angels, who, in essence, S the bed this weekend. Um, when you lose to the Orioles, that's classified as S in the bed. Yeah. I mean, you look at the angels, they're an above 500 team. I wouldn't say they're going to get a wild card spot, but they were still in it for getting a wild card spot. And basically you flushed a chance to gain four games against a really bad team and said, Hey, you know what? We're not going to go ahead and do that. So if they didn't circle this four game series, then they're fools. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but, it, 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 I will come back and say this. Um, this team being the worst, I think ultimately it comes back down to something that we have talked about, which is um, it's when people check out or distance themselves from the team um, that really makes me think, wow, this team is the worst. But we didn't see that this past week. We saw equal-minded um, fans, we'll put it, um, Stay up with you, Jake English, to uh, listen and watch the Orioles and tweet you and have notifications so that by the time I woke up on five five o'clock in the morning and noticed that I had like 340 notifications, I was just like, oh, Jake must have had something that was very popular. And I'm going through and I was like, no, Jake didn't really have anything popular. He just got into a tweet bomb session with like six to 12 other people. I was like, well, at least he had a good time. What time did this game end? Oh, my gosh. It just ended like 10 minutes ago. Are you kidding me? But uh, it's also nice to be able to go outside, be mowing your grass, your neighbor turn to you and say, hey, the Orioles are playing some pretty decent baseball right now. And you can strike up a conversation as opposed to both of you looking at each other and say, Orioles, God damn it. <laughs> so the Orioles are in danger, Scott. Yeah. They're in danger of not having the first overall draft pick <gasps> next year. Um, do you trust mm-hmm. that this administration, that this leadership group can find a quality player second through fourth? No. They're doomed. Mm. It's another 14 years of darkness? Uh, 23 this time. 23. Oh, that's the worst. That's the worst. Mm. But, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's the first pick would be great, but honestly, if you get the second or third pick, it'd be perfectly fine as well. I also come back and point out that um, more than likely the Tigers are going to go on a similar, call it tear, (laughs) um, and have a similar performance. Um, Overall, I look at the run differential the Tigers are putting out. I'm looking at the run differential the Orioles are putting out. It's going to be a neck-to-neck race in terms of who gets there at the very end. Um, But I don't really care whether it's the first spot or the second spot. Both of them will get very high-quality prospects. Yeah, it's funny. If you look at each uh, major league team and you look at their best drafted player there really aren't any one ones no and I, I mean i won't go through the whole gosh darn list for you but you know you go through and it's you know first round 22nd overall 11th round okay that's us but let's not let's let's discount that one john means um you know third round fifth round first round 32 overall first round eighth overall first round eighth overall my point is is that if you're a quality club, you find the right player no matter where you are. Yeah. I, and you can turn that guy into and a And again, star. I come back to the point of it's not so much only about the spot as well. It also comes back to the slot money that is allocated to you. So again, it comes back to one 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 two. in essence, is set in most years. Um, it's really what you're going to do with 2-2 two, two, and 3-2 two in terms of that slot money in order to get all those signings. And again, the Orioles did a great job of that this year. Um, and that's something that if the Orioles are going to continue to see success, just as you guys pointed out here, 
it's not always about the first spot or the second spot. It's about making sure that your round two is successful and your round three is successful and your round four is successful so that you can build up the pipeline. And then you're going out there and getting position players or pitchers that in aspect come back to an Adley Rutschman who's being ranked in the top 10 of every single prospect pool currently within Major League Baseball. All right. So my last question to you, we've gone literally from worst to bad. I would say we went we went from worst to cantankerous. Okay. Put your thesaurus away. Yep. We've gone from worst to something less than worst. Okay. Will fans watch a not worst ball club in any greater number than they do now? No. Okay. Okay. So this is Adley Rutschman do about nothing. Yeah, this is Adley Rutschman to do about nothing. No question about it. Yeah, it's this is a fun um, little blip on the radar. Um, and frankly, I wish we'd be a little bit more encouraged and positive, but I'm just not feeling it. Um, maybe it's after this is the you know relaxation period after a good climax of Dongs After Dark. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was great to see the Orioles succeed. Um, but in essence. Birdland and Baltimore is not going to turn in and watch more Orioles games until there is a reason to watch it. Just because you have a problem, Jake English, doesn't mean the rest of us have to have that problem. I do have a baseball problem. You do have a baseball problem. All right, well, that. um, Let's go over to Fantasy Boss and see who won this week. What? I think you just wanted to hear the song. I might have. Yeah. Yeah, Jake. So the category last week was uh, K's. You just picked strikeouts. Okay. And then uh, you picked Jimmy Yacobonis for some reason. I picked him on purpose, did I? Uh, allegedly, you were drinking heavily. Uh, I not, picked not gin. I picked Michael Givens, um, who I thought may be trade bait out there. And yeah, he had six strikeouts this week to Jimmy Yak's one, one strikeout, one strikeout. But how many strikeouts did he have in his heart? One. <laughs> <laughs> one is all he could give. The loneliest number, you know. Yeah. All righty. So you were actually cl- two is just as lonely as one, it's just as bad as one. It's the loneliest. No- anyway, you're climbing back into this thing, Scotty. Yeah, it's seven to five to one now. Ooh. So Jake English, you have another category to pick this week. Starting to get tight on us here, Scotty. Okay, I can do this. Okay, I can do this, Scott Magnus. Of the offensive players, mm-hmm. who is going to have the highest? Walk percentage. Uh, that's going to be Manny Machado. <laughs> Let me try again. Of the offensive players who currently this year play on the worst Baltimore Orioles, who will have the highest walk percentage. So we can't just pick Oriole players? No. Hmm. Well, that makes it a little bit more difficult for me. So I really appreciate that. Um, I'm going to go with walks. Does anybody actually walk on this team? You're welcome. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Renato Nunez. You're going to go with Renato Nunez. I think that is wise. It's certainly uh, a good a good choice. I am going to go with Rio Ru- No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> See, this, this, he's on the team right now. I know. He's back with his uh, wife on the East Coast at Norfolk. I am going to go with Jonathan Trade Value VR. That was a mistake. Because you should have gone with your favorite player right now. Dr. Poo-Poo himself, Steve Wilkerson. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a chance to reconsider and maybe go with Steve Wilkerson as opposed to Jonathan Tradebait-Villar. Uh, I'm sorry, which which walks? Uh, issued pitching walks or batting walks? I'll tell you what, I'll give you both. <laughs> okay. I'll give you both. If he gets a walk this week or gives up walks, you get to count both, okay? No, I don't think Stevie Wilkerson is going to have enough of bats. You can take Stevie Wilkerson. No, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. I'm going to take uh, Trade Value VR. All right. That's fine. It's good. We'll see who is Mr. Manor walks next week. Renato Nunez versus Jonathan VR. Who will own it? Now, if Jonathan gets traded, 
Mm-hmm. He wouldn't be an active oral anymore. It's true. Can I then take uh, Dr. Poo-Poo in addition to VR? No, you have already cast aside Dr. Poo-Poo, so he's gone now. I gave you the option. I flushed him away. And you flushed him away. So no, that is no longer an option. We're going to see who owns it this week in Fantasy Boss. That's right. It's time again for the good, the bad, and the ugly. In this segment, we take a look at the week that was, and we decide who was truly good, who was awful, and who makes us embarrassed to be Baltimore Orioles fans. And for my good this week, again, I'm going with a strange choice. I'm picking Gabrielle Enoa. And it's not just because Enoa was part of that Thursday night game of beauty in which he provided innings. Inoa has gone the last one, two, three, four appearances without giving up an earned run. Um, And something has to be said in a nice way about a Baltimore Orioles pitcher. So I've chosen this moment to make my stand. So, Gabriel Inoa, you were good or something. That's who you're going with. Sure. All right. Uh, My good is going to go to... Hmm. I might need a musical interlude for this one. Mike, it's going to go to Pat Sajak sitting behind home plate for the Angels game because it's one constant, even though this team constantly changes, that I can look at and be like, oh, there's Pat Sajak and uh, Baltimore Orioles are playing. So Pat Sajak, he gets my good for this week in Orioles baseball. I didn't see him in that first game, and I tweeted out about it, and somebody found him and found him right away. Just like uh, Jake, pay attention; he's right there, which I appreciate. Thank you. I think it might be like Masson cropping it out. <laughs> why, why do they do that? <laughs> why I think they do it just to make me mad. Okay, speaking of things that are bad, my bad this week is going to go to Chance Cisco. Why you may ask? Well, because he is. Not going to be a catcher here for very long. If you hear the pitter-patter of feet in the minor league system and it is the number one draft pick, you should probably do something. Okay, sure. We're not sure if he can stick at catcher, um, but your bat should certainly do something to make us think that you can stick in a major league lineup somewhere else. And right now, it is not. In the last week, a dismal performance. He batted 111. He had a negative 42 Weighted runs create a plus 28.6 K rate against only a 7.1 walk rate. Chancisco, My bad's going to go to Michael Givens, who uh, didn't do much to reestablish his trade value this week, posting an 8.1 ERA, 9.83 FIP, 5.57 XFIP. Command was all over the board. He had a high amount of strikeouts. Thanks. But uh, his walk rate was at 5.40 walks per nine. Also had a blown save on Sunday as well. Um, so Michael Gibbons gets my uh, axe, as it were, in terms of uh, the uh, the bad for the week. I also think he gave a run also in the 16-inning affair, if that's correct, um, in order to push in an extra inning. So it's kind of a blur, to be honest, yeah. before the 16th. Glad that was really a good game that you watched that we'll remember for years and years to come. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, my ugly this week is going to go to somebody clearly for what happened in the 16-inning game, mm-hmm. and that's Tanner Scott. Posted to a three-run lead in a game that would not end, he blew it. And he blew it in convincing fashion, enough to get him sent to the minors. Uh, Tanner Scott can throw hard. That's great. But when you try to get him to pitch, he's ugly. Uh, Jake, my ugly this week goes to Russian bots. Uh, That is the only way I can justify uh, Dan Clark being uh, voted as best columnist by Baltimore Magazine. I do not think that word means what they think it means. I do not think it... Uh, the fact that Justin Fenton did not get elected as best columnist, or rather just best media aspect for the whole coverage of uh, the Baltimore Gun Squad, is an absolute travesty. And the fact that he has to even be mentioned in the same voice as Dan Clark uh, disgusts me. And it's as simple as that. It's an ugly situation. 
And fact of the matter is, you know, anybody that actually believes Dan Clark is doing anything of any journalistic integrity, by gosh, then we are journalists here at Bird's Eye View. And you know better than this. That is why you listen to us. We're living a lie. We are right living now. a lie. And listen, you should not consider us to be anything of any value or any, you know, any, any ability whatsoever. Um, so please, if you're doing dumb things and actually voting for Dan Clark in, in Baltimore Magazine, please stop. Please stop and reconsider your life choices, including listening to this podcast, and go and do something else with it. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. <laughs> Scotty, I applaud and co-sign every last bit. Can we, uh, can we blow the save? We can blow the save. Alrighty, we occasionally objectively get political on this podcast. What? And with your permission, I'd like to say a few things about this week's news that should not be seen as partisan in nature. I'm going to deny this request. Look, listeners, if you're not li- interested, that's that's fine. But Pop off right now. Here is your chance yep. to, to. It was thanks. To nice talking out. to you this week. But uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next. We'll week see you next talk week. About the uh, be safe team. out there. Let's go O's. But. We gotta get we gotta get serious here. This week, the president of the United States deflected criticism from an area of the federal government that falls under his responsibility by lashing out publicly at the critic rather than addre- addressing the issue in a substantive way. The critic, of course, was Congressman Elijah Cummings, who represents Maryland's seventh congressional district, which covers about half of Baltimore City, uh, a large swath of Baltimore County, as well as most of Howard County. In search of th- uh, something damaging to say. To discredit Cummings rather than respond to the criticism, Trump denigrated the city of Baltimore, calling it a disgusting rat and rodent infestant mess and a very dangerous and filthy place and said no human being would want to live there. But here's the thing. The public discourse that followed has entirely missed the point. The point is not whether the president of the United States selectively attacks lawmakers based on their race or the race of their constituents. The point point is not the factual arguments as to whether or not the city of Baltimore has issues with rodentia or violence or squalor. The point is not for people who love this city as I do to rise to its defense. The point is this. We are either going to accept or reject the notion that ugly ad hominem attacks as a replacement for thoughtful public debate as an American principle is something that we can stand behind. Social media is simply a tool, one that holds a mirror to the extremes of our best and our worst selves, and my friends, the worst is winning. It was Baltimore this time. How often has this type of behavior been lodged at other communities? And for the same reason because the attacker is incapable or unwilling to do his job, which includes rising to a certain grace when enduring criticism. And more importantly is this, how willing are we to let this behavior go unchallenged when it's lodged at someone that we disagree with? How often are we willing to turn a blind blind eye to ugliness because it supports our worldview? How often do we pile on without considering the issue at hand? How often have we spent more time searching for the perfect meme than we have considering the other side of the argument? I think that Oriole's Twitter would tell us that the ends do not justify the John means. Baltimore is like America. It has its challenges. It has an ugliness to it. It has people, institutions, and behaviors that frankly embarrass us. It's also a wonderful place, a place that I love. And I show this love by holding its leaders, my employees, accountable to its care. And if you'll excuse me, I'll spend more time and effort considering the merits of the issues of the day than I will in engaging in the social media sideshow designed to distract and divide. So to my fellow Baltimoreans at heart, thank you for rising to the city's defense. But go one step further. Do the rest of your job. Care deeply. Love deeply. Think critically. And when you raise concerns, do it as a citizen and not a partisan. And have the courage to meet an argument on its own merits.
And that is our show. Remember, you can find this and our entire catalog of indispensable episodes at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. Bird's Eye View is available for download wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Spotify, and many others. Please remember to rate and review this show. We appreciate the feedback and encourages other people to listen for the first time. Come get social with us. You know, you can even email us at contact at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com or scott at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. Uh, hate mail this week will go to jake at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. You can find us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat, but the best way to get a hold of us is on Twitter, where we tweet at birdseyeviewbal, and you can also direct message us as well with that hate mail to us as well if you don't want to type out an email. And with that, Baltimore and beyond, I love you. I'll bid you all a fond adieu adieu. Good night, Baltimore. Be safe out there. Clean that ish up. Kick those rats to the curb. And let's go O's. Scotty, this is the first episode I've ever laughed so hard I've snorted gin. Hey, mission accomplished. 275 episodes. First time for everything. still here? It's over. Go home. Go.